welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Von Toon. On this podcast, we'll be exploring the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the mind of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious, open mind. I'll share lessons and tools I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. Someone that I've been working with in my healing journey, Dr. Peg Capers, and we are going to talk today about energy and the body and some of the science behind um, the healing that our own bodies can do. So welcome, Peg. Thank you so much for for doing this. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's an honor. Um, So let's start by just talking about the modality that you practice as a as a doctor yeah well it's um it's had many names over the years currently most people know it as network spinal it is i am a chiropractor is a modality in the chiropractic realm and originates uh, from the founder dr donald epstein who um really was looking at how can you honor the nervous system's ability to make rapid change when it's congruent and coherent to the system. And so it has a light force technique which has very powerful and varied responses. A light force, yes. is that what you said? Light force, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Um, okay, so let's, before we get deep into that, let's talk about how you even found it. Like what what was happening for you in your life um, that you found this modality? Yes. yes. Well, let's see. Um, <clears throat> I was in my late 20s, and I was working as a sign language interpreter, and I was you know, doing a lot of work, traveling around doing that, and I had this very random bout of back pain And my mentor at the time said, you know, I know you haven't had the best results with MDs. My dad's an MD who I love dearly, Mm -hmm. but I had lots of allergies and headaches and all sorts of things as a kid. And over the the span of time that I sought help, nothing really ever helped me. So in this moment that I had this, I mean, really random bout of back pain, I had a meal. It was actually Thanksgiving and about... Four hours later, I could barely move. So it was sudden. It was completely sudden. It took me by surprise. I just had never had anything happen like that. And certainly back pain isn't required, but that's just how it happened for me. And um, so I ended up going to see uh, my mentor's chiropractor because he was like, you know, I just think you'll really like her. She just moved to town. I've had great experiences with her. So I went to go see her, and the first time that I went in there, um, I had had an entrainment, also an adjustment. There's various words for that, but I had an adjustment. And afterwards, 
you know, I felt really different, but what was really marked is that night I went home and I sobbed. Uh. And I was not somebody who ever cried about anything. Uh And there's lots to say about that. But in the moment of that experience, I had this realization that I wasn't happy. I had no idea I wasn't happy. You didn't know. I didn't know. It's like on paper, everybody would have said, of course, you know, you have a partner, you're working, you have a great work, meaningful work. You know, all those things were true. But really, I realized I was kind of being robotic without even knowing it. And that kind of like zest for life and happiness wasn't there. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's lots more to say. But that's what, that's not what brought me in. But that's what the immediate change was. And the back pain changed. I had headaches change, I had allergies change, I had all these things changed. And uh, what I realized more than anything is it had a link to other things in my life that I wouldn't have made that association to. Mm-hmm. And certainly now in this work, I can see that how you're experiencing life shows up in your body. Right. Always. So how, did, how long were you doing, working with that original chiropractor? Yeah. Um, well, she's now my best friend. She's my mentor. Oh. I did go back after I went to chiropractic school and practice with her. Okay. <laughs> so it's hard for me to remember the early details. But I would say it was about uh, a year into working with her that I had this little voice in my head saying, you should do this too, oh, okay. which I was a surprise to me. Uh-huh. Um, so I probably worked with her as you know chiropractor uh, about a year. And then longer after that, but that's kind of where that shift came from. Hmm, maybe I want to do this. And I think it's also worth saying um, that realization and what was happening in my body led to huge life changes. I split with the person I was with at that time. I continued um, doing the work that I was doing. I was a sign language interpreter, but I completely changed the structure of it. I went to a freelance interpreter rather than working for various agencies. And I started exercising, and I had loved to exercise as a kid, but, you know, for all of us, like work, career, those things, we forget sometimes what we actually need, and uh, I put that on the back burner, and so I started doing triathlons, I ended up losing about 40 pounds, and none of that was like what I was looking to have happen, and that's what happened. So. I think it's probably safe to say it made sense to keep getting the care. That's what I was going to say. So you had an immediate change. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily that the pain immediately subsided. Correct. Right? Yeah. Did that take the course of that year, or would you say? No, I would say actually even probably in a week or two that changed. But I was so very clear that, like, well, really, there's so much more ways that I just feel alive. Right. Like, almost like, thank you, pain, for bringing me in these yeah. doors to this person for this care. You well, know? and that's such a, <laughs> I, th- I think that's a theme in so many, um, just people's spiritual journeys. And mm. I don't know how much you equate this to a spiritual journey. I but, do. But, yeah. okay. Because <laughs> that's how I, you know, look at it. Yeah. And for me, you know, and of course, you know a lot about my journey, but mm. I, and I've talked a lot, so the people listening have heard, <laughs> yes. have heard a lot about my journey, but it's, you know, the commonality, no matter what the mm. community or what the thing is, is 
pain is what brings you to that point of being willing. Yeah. Right? To even just like look at life in a different way, Mm -hmm. I feel like. Yeah, I think it's almost always an opening Mm -hmm. if you're willing to see it that way. Right. And sometimes it's the only way that we get that perception shift. Like something must really, not necessarily be wrong with my body, but something's not right right here for my whole being. Right, out of desperation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if I can add one more thing, because yes, I do equate it to a spiritual journey because it really did completely shift the course of my life um, when I wasn't looking for that. Uh, But in that moment that I had that back pain, I literally, in the middle of the night, crawled out of bed because I couldn't walk and like crawled down the stairs into the living room of uh, my partner's house and I I was laying on the floor on my back and the pain was con- like constant and really strong and I finally just like said up into the air with my hands up what like what what are you wanting me to see here and it was the first time in eight hours that the pain stopped just when I asked like what And I don't know if I was asking God, the universe, whatever. Like, that wasn't the context that I was operating in prior to that time. (laughs) And um, when the pain stopped in that moment, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yes, because I was like, this is the first time I've had any relief. Mm -hmm. And I'd taken Advil. I'd done all sorts of things. But that uh, certainly gave me pause. Yeah. It's like, ah, I guess I need to be asking another and part but you had that awareness right away i did i was oh i asked a question of the whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes exactly the whatever (laughs) maybe yourself even even yes true true um so then and then so then you decided now a year later you decided to to pursue it Mm -hmm. or how long did it take for you to actually move into that I think it was about a year and a half where I let myself listen to the little voice Uh because really I was like, well, I'm the only person in my friend group that already loves their work. Why would I change that? Um, It had already been its own journey and path and something I was incredibly passionate about. It was far from boring or meaningless, you know? (laughs) Um, So I think I just kind of fended off the voice and then... One day, I actually spoke to my chiropractor about this, this, because I was like, well, you know, I keep thinking maybe I should do this, but I don't know why, mm-hmm. you know. And she did say the world would be a better place if people like you were chiropractors. Mm-hmm. So I can thank her for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then what she also said that was very helpful was, well, why couldn't you do both things? Yeah. Which was really completely not in what, uh, you know, the options in my mind it was like this or that right and she really did present the and basically maybe you could do both and so I made an agreement with myself in that moment I will begin this journey and you know take the prerequisites because they're like pre-med prerequisites um and I will start this and if any point I want to stop I already have a career that I love and feels like its own calling yeah and so here I am (laughs) <laughs> 13 and, and years later, 14 years later. It's a really long journey going to chiropractic school. It is, school yes. And doing the prerequisites, how long did that take? Like yeah. The- I did the prerequisites probably in a year because uh-huh. I did it while I was still interpreting and working. And then I yeah. think it was probably 
about six months after that that I moved to California and started at LifeWest Chiropractic School. And that was because and that program called to you? Or? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, Network, or Network Spinal Analysis, which, which it was called then, um, you know, it wasn't seen in the mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> and even though I think, in my opinion, it's really at the roots of what chiropractic philosophy um, an application was about, which is unite, quote, man, the body, with man, the spirit. Um, and that's what chiropractic is about. So anyway, but um, I, let's see, I think it took me, well, then school was four years on top of that. Right. So did you, I think you asked me something that yeah, I Yeah, well, just, yeah. no, but I, I think it's helpful for people who are in that position yeah. of like, they found something they love and they're, you know, it's yeah. just expansive to, to think, yeah. oh, I could just take the first step. Yeah. And oh, I know what you asked me. Yes. And why I picked California was oh, that yeah. because this, this, this uh, technique was seen as sort of outside the box, there weren't Very many good. chiropractic schools that even taught it as a technique in their program. Now there are a few that do. At that time, they didn't. Okay. So um, Life West was known for having clubs and other kind of support from the Bay Area community where there's many network docs to, to be able to allow you to kind of, you know, feed that hunger while you were in chiropractic school doing all the standard education, which we are all educated as chiropractors. Right. <laughs> yeah. And be within the community of yeah. people who are interested in that. Sure. Yeah. 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 And that's in the East Bay? Yeah, it's in Hayward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so then you, st how how is the process, I mean, you have a couple of people in the, starting to work with you yes. who are, in, had just graduated, so mm -hmm. how does that work? How do you yeah. move into becoming a practitioner? Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of things. First of all, that once you are in chiropractic school, you can take concurrent coursework in Network Spinal. So I did that because I already knew when I went to chiropractic school, that's what I wanted to do. Some people don't know that, yeah. but I went to do that. Yeah. So I started just the moment I was in the door, I started taking the seminars that were outside the regular coursework. Right. Like um, in the evenings and stuff? Well, they would be like weekends. It, the courses were often in Colorado, so we'd fly to Colorado. And that's probably what created the community is so many people would fly to the same area to be educated together from all yeah. over the country. You okay. Know? And that's where Dr. Donald Epstein lives in the Colorado area. So okay. many of the seminars at that time were in that area. Um, so. The, the process oh, of going yes. from school yeah. to. Yeah, so then once you're out, you know, you have different options. You can just set up your own practice. Um, I didn't want to do that. I went back to New Hampshire and worked with my mentor. And I worked with her for three years. And then it was just a time in my life where relationship and other thing were making choices like, where did I really want to live and move? And my partner at the time was out here in California. So I moved out here. But the process is kind of interesting. It's kind of like anything. Um, you know, there's ways some people like to just totally do it on their own. And there's other people that like to do it with others and to learn in groups. And that's more my style. So the mentorship was great. And then truthfully, you know, there's the practitioner side and then... It is, um, you have to learn a lot about business, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I think even though they tell us that in chiropractic school, you can't really grok that until yeah. you until see that. Until you're doing yeah. it? Yeah. So you kind of 
are thrown into the fire and just... Yes, yeah. yes, and learn all the things you need to do. So I continued to do mentorship with that particular practitioner from New Hampshire and who, again, who also became my great friend. So, right. And then kept going to the seminars. And then in the Bay Area, we're lucky that there are lots of doctors and there's lots of us that went school to school together. So we kind of have a cohort that kept mm -hmm. learning together. And then I think there's a real value in trying to pass that on to the next generation of docs. Right. So because you know there's formal education but there's so much that you learn in right. the informal ways <laughs> and then i would assume just like with anything that just by practicing mm. working with people is really the greatest yeah it's teacher, the greatest teacher right? absolutely yeah um because even just having had a couple of experiences with doctors kira and susanna and then oh you mm -hmm. it's just like how you do it is different absolutely you know right of course right. Like, yes yes um so let's talk about like well what is it yeah so what is it like <laughs> i mean i can say what my experience is mm. like like i you lay face down on the table yep and what i tell everyone even you know because you are a chiropractor because i went to a, a traditional mm -hmm. chiropractor yeah. for years and they, you know, you do not do any physical manipulation of Correct. bones or muscles or anything. Right. And the way I see it is you're using energy or you're helping our system access energy in new ways that maybe our system didn't, wasn't accustomed to. Is that... Yeah, that's one way of saying it. I think, um, you know, most... Mostly what I have um, seen is the gap around what we've learned around our nervous systems is, you know, our nervous system is our brain and our spinal cord and surrounding structures. And I think much of what we've learned over the years is that chiropractic is about the surrounding structures. Uh -huh. Well, really what the, um, what the essence is is what the structures are guarding, which is the spinal cord and the brain. And, uh, you know, a lot of people out there are really interested in brain science and cognition and quantum physics and quantum healing. And the essence of that is the brain and the nervous system. So when people are coming into the office, yes, they go face down. We're feeling what's happening in the spine. And we're looking at how the nervous system has organized energy internally and externally through the systems of the body. So, um, you know, it can be through the course of time in our life, we've had events that have been overwhelming or have been full on traumatic or have been like just too much change at once. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, the nervous system makes some decisions around how to use its resources. It tends to limit certain resources, just like we all go on some, some sort of conservation when something's too much, right? Mm -hmm. Like okay, I'm only going to go out once this week, or I'm only going to spend this much money, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it really reflects the same pattern that the nervous system is just like, well, when things are kind of a lot, how I'm going to create stability is to kind of limit the range of what I can experience and use my resources very wisely and conservatively so I know exactly what to expect. This makes a lot of sense when something is in the moment of overwhelm or trauma, right? There's lots of ways that that allows the survival of the system mm -hmm. to, to be the outcome. Right. But survival is very different than everyday living. Yeah. And growth and healing are really what is essential to everyday living. 
we can't do the same thing every day. We can't have the same conversation or the same thought or the same mood and actually have that work for our life. <laughs> you know, beyond that, that's like boring. Right. <laughs> it doesn't actually work. Right. We need a certain amount of dynamic nature and variety that I actually believe is inherent in, in all of us. But there's many ways that the nervous system based on patterning and other ways that we pattern even in the nervous system around social conditioning keeps us in a smaller framework right. that, at least in my experience with people, at some point doesn't work for us. Yeah. And that shows up differently for people. Sometimes it can be something really physical. Mm-hmm. You know, even something you might not even associate with a nervous system, even though it does regulate it. Like Maybe that means you're having gallbladder attacks. Mm-hmm or you're having heart palpitations, or you have some rare cellular thing. It yeah. still has to do with what the nervous system is doing. Yeah. Um, but it could also be you know, a real lack of motivation. It could be high anxiety. It could be feeling listless. Uh, you know, Much of these things have to do with what the nervous system is able to pay attention to and able to create. Um, and it really can't do that from a limited perspective. So the energy part comes in, in that the nervous system will bind energy within it. And just a simple example with tightening a muscle is its own way that it's binding a resource in the system. Um, and, and so pain isn't physically required, but you can feel in the tissues of the body what systems are essentially, have a lot of resource, but just isn't using it. Mm. And, um, you know, that's like having a lot of money in your bank account, but having no way to access it. You have no ID, you have no ATM, like the bank doesn't know who you are. You can't get at it. (laughs) And so in essence, it's as if you don't have it. Yeah. And that has its own impact. And so you're saying that, so the nervous system has, has essentially in like a protective way, has bound that up. Yes. And without some sort of intervention, people just will never do you think most people live their lives without accessing that's a great question Uh, it's a bold statement yes i think most people have no idea how much their nervous system is actually creating the experiences that they're having right physically emotionally thought world and otherwise yeah yeah and it's in some ways we can't know till it starts to do something different right and we've become accustomed to what it's doing we even like see the oh that's me Well, and it's so interesting because, you know, I came in here in the same exact time as I'm going on this kundalini yoga journey. Yes. That is, it's like such a parallel journey. Mm. And they, of course, complement each other really well. But I, I just feel like, you know, and for me, my life has changed immensely Mm. in the last two years. But I also, um, I've been doing, you know, all these things. So yeah. I can't even say like, well, this sure. changed this and this changed this. But I, and even just this week, I had an experience where I'm like, I am a new person today. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I was reborn, you right. know, after the eclipse. And I think that it's just like really eye-opening for people to even hear that that yeah. can happen. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. You know, quite honestly, it's still surprising every day to me how much change can happen. Mm. 
And, you know, it's one of the reasons we talk about there's no ceiling on this care. It's because if we really just look at neuroplasticity and the ability of the brain and the body to create new things, that doesn't stop. It can change over time. But just like you're speaking, another version of us can emerge with a different source of energy. Mm -hmm. You know, and we might say that around like, okay, after seven years, you know, such and such cells like slough off and we have new lung tissue. Mm -hmm. Well, why isn't that true about who we are? Right. You know, and um, energy is, a new resource of energy is always the catalyst for new change. And even just like you saying, like what's happening in the stars and the moons and eclipse, we are affected by that. Right. You know, and, and why shouldn't we be? All natural systems are. Exactly. And so to honor, like, how does the nervous system actually become a part of harnessing some of that energy, allowing us to change, allowing us to be, um, again, yeah, dynamic. Yeah. And actually that brings me to this, like, you know, you really talked about at the workshop last night, the, this energy, we're all aware of how a person's energy can change the room, mm-hmm. right? Change the feeling of the room. Yes. And so not only are you helping people unbind their own energy pathways but also access the energy outside of them yeah or at least maybe in it how do you say it integrate yeah i think integrates yes right yes yes i think that it it allows the nervous system to more effectively draw on its own internal use of resources and also external and by that i mean you sit outside on a sunny day and you feel the sunlight on your body. Doesn't your body feel differently from that? Mm-hmm. I mean, we even know like vitamin D and other things occur with that initiation. Right. That's technically an external source of energy. Right. But is interacting with you as another energetic system. And so that's a simple way of saying it. But I think there's more complex ways that we actually can acknowledge or allow the nervous system to become more and more effective at using those external resources to also create healing and change and peace and love and all the things that are in their own way um, like foundational to all living existence in my opinion Mm -hmm. you know and so sometimes the energy comes from something that you didn't even conceive of was possible to energize the system. And by that, I don't mean that we're jumping up and down like the Energizer Bunny. That's not how being energized always feels. Right. It sometimes just feels like, oh, my mind's not spinning out. Or, you know, that thing that was really challenging, suddenly there's movement or an opening or I'm seeing it in a new way. And sometimes it does mean, oh, I have all this vitality that I want to... It shows up differently because yeah. that's also to honor that different energies have different purposes. Well, and actually along those lines, I was thinking about how, because a lot of people in the spiritual world who are doing like energy healing, (laughs) think of energy as like there's good and bad energy. (laughs) And, And what this work made me really feel like is no, there's energy Mm -hmm. and it's how we use it and how we're capable of transmuting it, Mm -hmm. frankly. Is that... Yeah, I would say the same thing. Okay. I don't know if everybody agrees with me on that, but I would say the same thing. Yeah. Is that the, you know, the... mm, The elasticity, adaptability, um, 
ways that the nervous system can get more and more efficient and magnificent at integrating means it makes those distinctions less mm -hmm. good or bad how is that useful to the system mm -hmm. you know it has much greater discernment on how to use all energies and that much of the good-bad scenario comes from its own lack of flexibility on some level from an old protective response. Okay. Which again, just to value, was really right at certain points. But at some point that dichotomy is actually keeping us from another step of growth. Mm -hmm. Do you think, so this is making me think about like the human evolution yes. and how, like why are we still stuck with a nervous system that's protecting us as if we're running from, uh, you know, and hiding from wild animals yeah. or something and, and going to have these traumatic events happen on a weekly basis, sure. perhaps, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, now in the modern world, we don't live that way. Mm. And, and, and is the human being going to be able to evolve so that we can't, we don't like live in this place sure. where our body's protecting ourselves. Well, I, I have a little bit of a different perspective on that, which uh -huh. is that we don't evolve without some protection. Okay. That um, that in order to survive, even like a species of living things, they do evolve by having mechanisms to make sure that they get through mm -hmm. the overwhelming times, you know. And I think, so we, in my opinion, we don't want to do away with that. Right. What we really want the nervous system is to get more and more effective at discerning when that's the right response for the moment. Right. And be able to then, therefore, by adapt, I mean, come out of that protective response quicker. Right. Resolve the energies that had maybe been bound in that yeah. quicker or use them, kind of like composting, like use that energy for something, right? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know that that will ever go away because it's essential. Yeah. And it's more around, you know, and this is why I think this work is particularly powerful in that, is allowing the human nervous system to evolve to using its other capacities and resources to a greater extent. Mm -hmm. That I think, even though I hear you say like modern times, well, I think that the threats to the system and the overwhelm have just changed Different. what they are. Yeah. You know, the, um, a financial loss can equate to death in right. the nervous system's perspective. Yeah. You know, and certainly things around power and privilege and oppression, people are experiencing differences all the time mm -hmm. in um, how valued they are in the world. And that has an inherent threat also. Yeah. You know, so just say I think there's, there's ways it's transformed what the threats are. Right at least, let's say, in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but there are things that are concerning to the nervous system that it should consider. Right. Hmm, am I safe? Right. Yeah. And, no, and I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. It's more that, like, yeah, how is our nervous system evolving so that we can handle, just like yeah. you're saying that. Like, resilience of, mm -hmm. of moving in and out of those states. Yeah. And I think it's through these sorts of techniques and yeah. kundalini yoga is is very similar like yeah these are the same kinds of things that yogi bhajan talked about mm -hmm. 40 years 50 years ago right. about like you move you know basically getting 
to a place where you're you can let energies out that have been blocked mm. and mm-hmm. in your subconscious right and things you don't even know and I've had the experience over the course of this care mm. where something came up and I actually talked about it on one of the episodes of like okay. a childhood trauma coming mm. up that I literally didn't know it right. existed mm-hmm. so it's you know I mean it's just amazing to have these lots of different ways for our system yes to be helped towards towards that yeah 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 like just i it's almost like i would look at it as more being being more having a nervous system that's more flexible yeah is that yeah i think that's what i mean by adaptability is that you can um that your baseline changes of what's safe that it widens, it broadens, it deepens maybe even. And then in addition to that, you know, um, there's a lot of people that talk about balance all the time, but really from this perspective, it's like how far can you go from center and come back? Because uh-huh. that's the dynamic nature of a system. Right. Um, because, you know, and it's not to say that balance doesn't have some value, but as as how do we create more evolution how do we create more resilience means wow what's the capacity to be with more events and experiences and needs and demands from us and others and still feel like we're in ourselves Mm. that we didn't like uh, abandon ourselves in that and i mean that how that might show up for people with health problems or emotional things or whatever whatever ways that we may know that that's true that we weren't still in our center Mm -hmm moving out and able to then return for nourishment you know as I think that's really the that to me is the adaptability where we can have um, more range to be with more energies this is kind of what we're saying we have the capacity to experience internally and externally a greater range and then we have a greater range within us and I believe we have a greater range in all people in the collective yeah that it contributes yeah. to that collective growth. Right. Um, last night after the workshop, mm. so we had this <laughs> workshop and Peg did basically talked about speci- a, a specific aspect of the care. And there were, I don't know how many people, like mm. 10 to 15. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the energy, so you did some demonstrations and when people are getting entrained, you even if you're just watching it, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, and some people might be more aware of that or less. Sure. Um, and it's interesting because I've been doing this is also along the Kundalini yoga lines. We wear white often and it reflects uh-huh. energy. And as I was walking out, three, I'm not kidding, three people were like, you look really beautiful and I love the clothes that you wear. And it was because I was like, so it's not only the white outfit I'm wearing, but then I'm reflecting the energy that was created last night. It was so interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that you're sharing that story because, you know, that's, it's part of the reason for the workshops. It's part of the reason, you know, for the people that are listening, we work in a group community setting in the room is to allow that exchange of energy to be more free uh-huh. and and for each nervous system to be able to essentially house more energy which means it gets to offer more energy yes. whether you want to call that reflecting or like a beacon 
And it's such an interesting thing because, you know, to hear those words sounds like one thing, but to like have that experience where people see you that way or you see other people that way, like sometimes people will get up off the table and it's like, suddenly I just look at their eyes and they look like they're beaming and I'll just be like, wow, (laughs) you know, and it's a very similar of people coming out of a kundalini I bet, class, yes. You know? Yeah. I've had the experience in L.A. You know, I was doing all this teacher training. I'm mm-hmm. walking down the street in L.A. And I'm not kidding. Like, people are waving at me in their cars. Oh, my gosh. Walking down the street. <laughs> last night, do you remember the older woman that was in the, in the uh-huh. class last night? So she's probably, I think she's in her early 80s. Uh-huh. She shared when we were waiting for her ride that she'll come in for a session, or this is actually a couple of years ago, where she used to walk on Westcliff here, and after a session, people would, like, wave and honk their horn at her, and she was like, what is going on? So it's hysterical that you're sharing that exact same thing. It's so, yeah, and it's, it's, it is, it's the light, you know, because in Kundalini, mm-hmm. we say, be the lighthouse. Yes. And it's like, there you go. we don't have to do all the things we just have to be the light yes and then people are attracted or not right right (laughs) based on where they're at you know yeah what's its own contribution no matter what what other person does with it (laughs) but one of the things that also i was thinking about with the energy within this within Mm -hmm. your system and your body and the energy outside of you Mm -hmm. and integrating it are there some people that are more prone to using external versus internal energy or is it Mm. that's a great question i yeah i think there is some patterns around how people tend to begin using the resources some people may use it more from the inside out okay and some people might use it more from the outside in Uh and that's some of what uh dr epstein has been kind of um, communicating in terms of what he's seen over the years and I would have to say just observing people yeah sometimes you know you watch somebody on the table and it's very clear that there's a lot happening in their body mm. and other times people they don't move on the table it, on the surface it looks like nothing is happening and you could sit both of those people up and they could share the same stories around how much energy was moving through them and what they saw and what they felt and what they experienced. But externally, yeah. it, they looked like very different things, which is some clues as to like where are they organically drawing the energy from first. So the people Ideally, that you want move, both. Oh, okay. The people that move more, you are moving energy internally? Or... You know, there's not a pat answer on oh, that. okay. Because part of me wants to say the people that you see move more tend to mean that they're drawing on energy externally. And so you see the movement more yeah. externally as if they're reaching for that energy. Okay. Or their, their system is reaching out for it uh-huh. to connect with it. And um, it's not totally black or white. Yeah. You know. Uh, but the people that are more maybe not moving, for example could be you know their nervous system is completely drawing on internal resources first and then they may move externally right yeah so it's really more getting to know how that nervous system works Mm -hmm. and you know um, both on the table but having people share their experiences of what they're noticing in life Mm -hmm. because you know the the body's a great barometer for what's actually really easy 
for it oh. versus what we think or right. even observe. Sometimes the mind's tricky, even in observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you noticed patterns, not that I would ask you to go through them, but like patterns of like when people are struggling with this, say like financial stuff mm-hmm. or relationships or, you know, stress. Mm-hmm that they tend to have pains or issues in specific parts of their body? Yes. Yeah, there's an interesting way in which the nervous system tends to... Is that your back? I think it's just the back. Okay. (laughs) The nervous system tends to protect or create postures to protect against certain energies, if you will. Uh So uh, let's just... I'm just making up an example. Like relationship... Uh the pain of that could be betrayal. And so we might take a certain posture with that. Or we might have certain ways that the body protects us in betrayal versus financial loss, which may feel more like survival. Mm -hmm. And so there's certain patterns within the nervous system that um, tend to, not always, kind of um, initiate to, to protect us or distort the amount of information from that in- event. Mm-hmm. So it may mean, you know, we develop more tension in our upper back or neck when there's relationship challenges. And it may be that we, um, you know, have something kind of more in the tailbone area when it's more about financial things. And it's not always true, but just to say there's some patterns in it. The pattern is more in what the spinal cord tension does, which is probably a hard thing to talk about in a non-visual way. Um, But that's where the spinal cord tends to pattern on what energies it's protecting from or it's drawing from. And that tends to link. And to by the that, you, you're saying the wave that you see, or the tension you feel around the spine. The the tension pattern initially. Yeah. Okay. So even though we're always looking for a resource in the nervous system, we're observing where it's showing us that there's tension because there's bound energy in the tension pattern. Yeah. That we want the nervous system through the lens of safety and through the lens of resource to be able to observe, "Mm, I don't need to do that pattern. And so how can it reclaim the energy that's within it and return it to the system for growth? Okay. So, um, you know, if if even, again, you said it, subconsciously the nervous system might think, oh, I had my heart broken before. Even when I get this close, even even though our mind might be like, I want to go for it, our body might subtly pull us away from it because the resonance to the nervous system is that's not safe to have greater intimacy because before we got heartbroken or we got betrayed. And that reminds me of something you said last night, this Mm -hmm. idea of why does this always happen to me? Mm -hmm. It's like there's something in your system that you may not be thinking, right. I'm not ready for a relationship. You might be doing all the all visualization, the <laughs> all the, you yes. know, everything, and putting yourself out there. Yeah. But there's something in your system that is keeping you from fully yes. opening up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or even like I mentioned last night, there's a way that the event that was overwhelming, let's just say in a heartbreak, the nervous system takes some of the energy from that experience and it stores it in the system to be able to recognize sooner that heartbreak is coming. Oh, like as a teaching. Yes. Oh. And then what happens, you know, we kind of, what was that phrase we use? Um, 
what you focus on, you get more of. Well, essentially, you might not be consciously focusing on that, but subconsciously, your nervous system is focusing on the heartbreak. So, from that same perspective, what are we likely to get more of? The heartbreak. We're likely to actually replay the pattern again, because on the subconscious level, the nervous system is trying to avoid that, which means it's actually putting it in the forefront by seeking out where it might be. Oh, okay. Like that doesn't, that, that's heartbreak, that's heartbreak, that's heartbreak. Right. And so you're Just probably going to get a heartbreak scenario. <laughs> yeah, so interesting. Yeah, and this is where we have to let, you know, I, I think this is so interesting because we often talk about, you know, body, mind, spirit, and people talk about how, you know, the mind-body connection and the influence of the mind over the body, and that's absolutely true. And I think where this work brings in another layer is that we need to help the body get on the same page as what the mind's trying to create Mm -hmm. for the same reasons that I just gave you that example. The mind might be like, I'm going to visualize, I'm going to do this and that. And it's the exact thing that the other systems of the nervous system and the body are saying, "Uh -uh 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 -uh." uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, that's too scary. And so... And so you have to unleash. You have to let the wisdom of the body catch up. You have to access that energy. Otherwise, yeah. there will be no change right. in yeah. your life. Like, right. Yeah. It won't be the change you want. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. The one you're looking for. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and what about energy? Um, so harnessing this external energy in a in a specific way is there mm-hmm. do you are you just like allowing the system to use it however it wants huh let me see it's it's very specific so okay. to just first say we are always in the rhythm of what each person's nervous system is ready for and that's why i say we start with safety and connection and awareness to then build growth from so um by that I mean is what are the resources available? What's the resource that the nervous system is looking for? Sometimes that's already bound in the body and it can find it. Yeah, okay. Um, and sometimes over time it needs to also draw on an external resource. But it's kind of like, you know, I, I said this last night, we want to build as much novelty and diverse ways to respond to even the same situation within the mm-hmm. nervous system. We want to build the repertoire mm-hmm. of the options that it has to a financial loss, to a, a stub toe, to <laughs> back pain, to a challenge, to and not even just challenges, to this is what I want to make, right. this is what I want to do, that it's able to access that full range kind of in an innovative way. Mm-hmm. And that really requires kind of like I'm saying the body and the mind to be on the same page first right because they got to be going in the same direction yes and then you get to really even optimize what the mind and the spirit are envisioning or having a calling for right because we're moving in the same path well and that that reminds me of something that we've discussed in my care mm-hmm. it was like when i first came in i felt like my body physically yes. was over here but my spiritual self was over here uh-huh, right and so that really what you just said is essentially what we're doing yes bringing those things together yes 
But then also, and I at the time was looking at it as like my my body is behind. Aha, uh-huh. interesting. Yes. Yeah. And yes. then one thing you you asked me, or you kind of just like proposed <laughs> yes. that I consider <laughs> yeah. is like how my cells move. Like mm. one direction, I think what mm. you said is like some people's cells move from the past to the future, mm-hmm. and some people's move from the future to the past. Mm-hmm. And it was like, boom, mind blowing. <laughs> yes. And I was like, Yes, I'm in the future. Yes. Like, and and I know it's such a esoteric I know. concept. <laughs> right. But, can you, but anybody listening that, that that is how they are, they're they like, yes, that's me. <laughs> exactly. So do you want right. to like just kind of expand on hmm. that a little bit? I, I don't know if I could say a lot more than what you just said. <laughs> But if you just kind of think of it as being in, to oversimplify, but I think it makes the point clear, to be in the same flow. Uh And if you look at quantum physics and quantum healing, it's saying that like everything is existing in parallel universes at the same time. And I don't think that, I think it's really hard for our mind to embrace the truth of that. Or to even really conceive of it. Well, right. Yeah. but that analogy around like the cells moving, you know, from the inside out, uh-huh. so from the past to the future, and the future to the present or the past, right. it helps you kind of see like if you start to even just consider that your cells are moving in that direction, like what does your body feel like? Right. Like when you often think about the past, does that energize you? Or do you right. find yourself in criticism or physical pain or emotional pain? That's telling you something. You're probably not the person that moves from the past or present to the future. Right. You're probably the person like you and me mm-hmm. that's out in the future moving to the present. Right. And you can test it both ways because this is where, again, the body becomes a great barometer for actually the truth of that. Mm, okay. Um, because you will feel ease in what's true for you in your body. Okay. So can you give an example of what, it, what the person... Who goes from the future to the future, present. Yeah, like what would be yeah. a way to describe that? Yeah. Um, well, let's see if this works. Okay. So I can think of, you know, um, you know, in the course of being somebody that's, you know, started a business or does other projects, you know, you have people that come in and like, okay, I'm going to help you organize what you're doing. I'm going to be your coach. And what's your five-year plan? And what's your this? And what's your that? I can never answer that question. Uh-huh. And then in one seminar with um, Dr. Donald Epstein, he was talking about this concept. So this is where this comes from. And he said, what if you go further out? So if you talk to me about what do I want to be doing in 20 years, that's far enough out in the future that I can come back to the present to say, oh, maybe this is how I start that now. Yeah. Because in essence... Part of my being can envision or see or feel, however you're designed, because we're all a little bit different, um, like that it's already done in the future. And so I can then work backwards to the present. I love that. I'm so <laughs> glad we talked about that. And it's because Yogi Bhajan says what, and it's to me it's a quantum physics yes. thing, is mm-hmm. what will be already is. Yes. Right. And so when you live in that vibration, yes. and 
And that's what sometimes I think a lot of people, they don't know the path of how they're going to get there. And right. sometimes that's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, but all you have to do is do this next right thing. And that comes from like 12 steps. Like that comes from all <laughs> right. of the like spiritual paths talk mm-hmm. about like just do the thing in front of you. Yes. And that is, I just feel like that kind of just wrapped it all back around to right. that. Yes, absolutely. And I think in what you're saying too, it's like it works differently for different people. Right. And that again is why I'm saying come back to the body. It's like. If, if somebody's listening to this and like, I have no idea what you're talking about, or you talk about like it's already done in the future and that makes me panic, <laughs> right. that's not how right. you're designed. Right, right. <laughs> That's a good sign. Right. Okay. You know, and if you're the other way around like me, or sorry, not like me, where if you're just like, okay, I have to start with today and then I go tomorrow and I do the steps and steps and I can only see a year out. Right. Like, I just want to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> It doesn't hold but enough some people, time for some people. That, that is the energizing. Yeah. Oh, I got it. It's clear. Yeah. And then they don't necessarily even have to worry about the no. Money exactly, they don't. Yeah. They will arrive there right. when they arrive. Right. I love that, and it's just like different ways. One isn't better than the other. No. It's just mm-hmm. a different approach. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. and it's a different way your system almost like energizes. Energizes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we so we're getting close to about an hour. <laughs> okay. But can we just without getting too deep into just mention the gateways and sure. that there are specific points that you Yes. that you Content. access during an entrainment. Yes. Yeah, I think that's great to mention. Um so with network spinal, um there are a few unique things to the work. One of which is that they're the spinal waves, and there's two waves that occur in this work. Um, one is called a respiratory wave, and the other one is called a somatopsychic wave. Somatopsychic. Yes. Okay. So body mind, mind. versus mind body. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they both naturally emerge in the nervous system by allowing these other spinal gateways, these places along the spine that are naturally primed to be access points. So they're not a place of defense in the body. They're a place of opening. And they're a place that bridges connection to the frontal cortex of the brain to be able to observe where it's storing some of these energies or to be able to observe, well, hey, I'm, I'm actually safe right now. Why am I activating all these systems as if I'm still being chased by the, by the tiger? Right? That's not actually happening. <laughs> okay, But these, these places that we contact they grow over time in their awareness. And as they grow in their awareness, they're able to access different energies within the body and outside the body. And as that happens, they also continue to grow. So it's kind of this like interesting... physically grow? Yes. Yeah, okay. Like you can't see that, right. but when you're in training somebody, which is what a session is called in this care you can feel that the energy coming out from that gateway is seeking further and further out so you can literally feel that and like we demonstrated last night you could see that the body's responding further from the body Um, most people don't start that way although some people have that kind of awareness but what's really key about the gateway is it's what creates coherence in the nervous system which means it's what allows that energy to be useful. 
Um, so we can have a lot of energy that we don't know how to focus, and that's not useful. Right. Or we can actually have the right amount of energy through the right filter or through the right mechanism that harnesses actually a greater potential of that energy to create change. Okay. And that's what we want the nervous system to do. And that's what the gateways along with the waves are allowing the system to do is to um, essentially make it more and more effective and effortless for the energy to be internally and externally conditioning the space of the body and then that around us mm-hmm. so that you know we're not a, um, we can move out of any kind of way in which we feel a victim of circumstances to see that our systems have the potential to condition the space to lay the foundation for what's happening hmm. and by the space you mean the body the body but also all the external anything space. you're yeah. in yeah, the, the space yeah, around us. The physical space, but also the community. Or yeah, the, exactly. Um, Which kind of comes back to where somebody walks in the room, or you have an entrainment, or you come out of a workshop and people are waving at you. Yeah. This is not a cognitive thing. It's something their system recognizes. Right. And is, as a human being. As a human being, <laughs> right. yeah. You know, it's like, like oh, Right. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is completely the opposite of defense and protection, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. You know, it's openness, it's contribution, um, just energetically, even without words or without action. Yeah. It's its own contribution. Uh, well, I think that is a really beautiful place to wrap it up. Wonderful. Um, but also, I do want to say basically like what do you how if someone is interested in this work mm. where do you recommend that they look obviously mm-hmm. if I'll, I'll also there i do show notes so there's okay like, i can provide your website um and Great. any other places any other resources yeah. you want to point us to but if they're just listening and they want to google something which yeah. is what i would be doing yes right right <laughs> what would you say to google totally um <laughs> You could Google Epienergetics, Epi-energetics. which is, uh, again, the founder of this work, Dr. Donald Epstein. It's, it's his current iteration of this work, and so there's resources on that site. Okay. Um, and that we'll talk about Network Spinal there in addition to some of the other programs that he does. I, I, I'm not sure there's a list of practitioners there currently, okay. but hopefully it gives you a, a way to find that link. They've sort of changed mechanisms for their website. Okay. Um, and then, you know, quite honestly, you're welcome to email the office. If you're looking for a practitioner in different areas and you're not finding that easily on the website, I'd be happy to help people connect with people. There's people. Because you guys are all connected. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, oh, that's uh, really yeah. great. and there's people all over the US, there's people in Europe and other continents too. There's certainly a predominance here in, in the Bay Area, which is great, in Colorado and in New York. But there are practitioners, even sometimes places you don't think so. It's awesome. worth it's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. if we can facilitate or help with that, we're happy to do that. Okay, that yeah. will be great. Um, and is there anything else that you feel like we didn't we might mm. you might want to mention that we didn't cover? Um No, I, I think what we said earlier on when we were talking about my story, so to speak, and other people's healing journeys 
is that it often starts with some kind of pain. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think it's worth leaving people with that pain isn't always a physical pain. Pain is sometimes um, the pain it is to be avoiding things in your life or to constantly be managing everything and everyone mm -hmm. or to feel like you're not making progress or to feel like you are not really sure what your gifts are in the world. They all have their own kind of pain. And I think that that's just key for people to listen to, that even when we're talking about working with the body, mm -hmm. the body is actually looking at all those questions. And so to not have answers around why we're here or how is life congruent for me or who am I really can also show up in the body. And the body can be a vehicle to help you get there. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank you. much. Yeah. And again, everyone who's listening, please check out the show notes and look for the resources. And see you next time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share on social media and tag Third Eye Science. It's also really helpful if you could rate and review on the podcast platform of your choice. Thank you and Satnam.